From John chapter 4, verses 5 through 11, hear the word of God. But he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a Samaritan city called Sitchar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. Saved from what? Saved from what? Some would say, saved from hell. Well, what's hell? Where is hell? Is hell down there? How far do you have to dig to get to hell? Some argue that hell is less of a place and more of an experience. Hell is defined as the absence of God, or as I like to describe it, a trip to the License Bureau. An experience that I experienced a few weeks ago because my old license decided that it would rather stay at the Denver airport than flying home with me. And thus I was led to the basement of the William Snodgrass Tennessee Tower, as or I like to call it the Valley of the Shadow of Death. <laughs> For there time slows down, and one can get in touch with the eternal there. The experience was heightened because that morning I decided to put both contacts in my eyes. I know what you're thinking, don't people normally put two contacts in their eyes? Well, I don't because, you know, with one contact, I can see, and without the other contact in, I can read. Okay, so right now I'm reading with this eye, and I'm seeing out there with this eye, and that day I stuck both contacts in my eyes, which I noticed when they directed me over to the computer. So there I was, kind of doing this, you know, trying to make it all focus and read the things and, you know, typing in my name, and if the computer, if there was an error in anything, the computer wouldn't let you move forward. And there I was, stuck. 
and I just gave up, and I ripped a contact out of my eye, and I'm so cheap that I thought, I'll just keep it in my mouth to keep it warm and moist. Well, now I could see perfectly, filled in the computer, and uh, got my number, which was like 603, and just as I heard 459 being called, and I found a chair in hell. Well, the question most asked in hell is, what are you in here for? It's the same question they ask in prison. Another asked question is, and just how long have you been here? The same question they ask in prison. And while all that felt like hell, it really wasn't hell. Hell, I think, is a place where a young man was. And I heard this story this week told to me from a father, a father who is the son of a neighbor. I came into the home, and the father told of a son who fought and fought depression. As a child, a happy child, fun-loving, very intelligent young man, as a young man, very sharp, and quick to explore the complexities, all the complexities, the complexities of the world. And he would get so tied up and knitted and knotted into those complexities, it would just close in on him, close into a very dark space. And the father told me I would, close, I would call my son every night. Every night I would make a phone call and we would talk two or three hours. He said, actually, my son would talk, and I would just listen. I would just listen. I hardly spoke. The father just kept speaking. He said, and then one day I called, and no one picked up. And so you see, this is a strange world that God so loved and is determined to save. Save us from what? Maybe from ourselves, for what is hell? Hell is for some sitting in church. Hell is for others set aside for those who don't sit in church. There are some in church that say hell is for those who commit mortal sins, and they have a list of mortal sins. Hell for another is an afternoon at the License Bureau digesting a contact lens, only to learn that hell for another is a darkness that would not let him go. God sent his Son into the world. Did you hear how Jesus saves the world? John writes, he had to go through Samaria. He had to. Do you suppose he had to because some thought Samaria was a God-forsaken place, a hell? Salvation doesn't come to Samaritans. Samaritans are not God's people because Samaritans are not like us, for God so loved some of the world, and we have a list, and Samaria isn't on it. John writes he had to go to Samaria. Did you hear how Jesus saves the world? 
At the brightest point of the day, high noon, the light shines most brightly there, the heat turns up, the Son of God speaks to a Samaritan woman, and the time changes. We go from Kronos to Kairos. His disciples who are in the old time zone will come back and see Jesus talking. And John writes, they were astonished that he was speaking to a woman. Astonished because you don't do that. Because some men at some point in time had the power to draw a line that separates the holy from the profane. And when you're on the right side, you don't cross the line. Did you hear how Jesus saves the world? He had to go to Samaria. He had to speak to a woman at a well. But she knows that there's a line drawn by someone, and Jesus crossed it. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? But he crossed it. He crossed the line as if it wasn't there, as if it wasn't there. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who is it that is saying to you, give me a drink, he would have given you living water. Salvation is so close that you can taste it. But as it is, it's not that easy. We make it harder. We draw lines. We build walls that separate Jew and Samaritan. Jew and Samaritan, who can worship on this mountain or that mountain? We draw lines, she and he, him and her, as if we are defined by sex. We draw lines, the woman at the well had five husbands, and the one she is living with now isn't her husband. We draw lines between what is pure and unpure. Every line he crosses as if the line isn't there. It's not there. If you knew the gift of God and the one who is saying to you, give me a drink, he would have given you living water. So close, you can taste it. And she says, sir, you have no bucket, and the water is deep. She's drawn a line. She sees the reality of the situation. Imagine telling God, the one through whom all things are possible, that, God, you just don't see the reality of the situation. You have no bucket, and the well is too deep. Well, she's not the first. TJ read to you about the people in the wilderness who were thirsty and complained, people who were in Egypt but miraculously escaped. Through God, all things are possible. People who were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, people who saw the Red Sea split in two and celebrated the defeat of their enemy. But then when they got thirsty, just a minute later, they asked, why did you bring us out here to die? What they were saying to the God through whom all things are possible, what they were saying to them, him, to God, her, whatever, you have no bucket and the water is too deep. Moses hits the rock, done. Sentence or two later, they're hungry. Why did you bring us out here to die? And then suddenly, manna from heaven, quails from heaven. You'd think they'd get it. But the most repeated line in hell is, you have no bucket, and the water is too deep. Hell is the absence of God.
Lord, I know you say reconcile with my brother and sister, but do you know what she did to me? Do you know how painful my wounds are? It will not work, Lord. I know it won't because I have no bucket and the water's too deep. Lord, you tell me to speak the gospel. You tell me to speak truth to power, but if I do, I'll lose my friends. I won't be popular. I know this. And you have no bucket and the water's too deep. Lord, I know I put myself before everyone else, but if, if I don't look after myself, who will? Who's got my back? Do you? Look at you. Lord, you have no bucket, and the water's too deep, and we wonder why no one's coming to church, because we run around with a powerless God who has no bucket, and the water's too deep. Well, in the belly of the Snodgrass building, a woman sat a seat away from me. She came in with a young son, and she sat right next to me. And when she sat down, she went, whew, and then she said, Lord, have mercy. And someone said, well, what are you in here for? And she said, I had to get out of my apartment because they're going to tear them all down, and I moved in with a friend so that I'd have enough money to put down for a down payment for our next apartment wherever I find one. And I had to pick my son up from school early because when I'd get home, it would be too late and he'd be home by himself. And she just laughed her and she shook her head and she said, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. And the longer that I was with that woman in that room, the more her light shined in the darkness. The more you could hear her voice talking to people, cheering people up. You'd hear a little hum of a hymn. You'd hear the peppering of Jesus here and there. Now, I could have said, I could have said to that woman from the story that you told me, you have no bucket and the water is too deep. I could have said that, but I didn't, because I had no power in that thin space before her. I had no power, for her life was not found in all that was wrong, but her life was found in all that is right. We need to be about the right. And if I had the power to cross invisible lines, I might have asked, can I have what you're drinking? And then that father who tried to save a son but failed, I could have said, well, that's easy to understand. You have no bucket, and the water's too deep. But I couldn't say that in that thin space between living water trickling down his face and that deep well of love in his heart. The father said, at least, at least now I know he is at peace. And he wept. 
so much love poured out for salvation, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so know this. Know this. Know that Jesus had to go to Samaria. Know that Jesus had to talk to a woman who had five husbands. Know that Jesus had to say, it doesn't matter anymore what mountains you're worshiping on. Know that Jesus says it doesn't matter anymore where you're from. It doesn't matter anymore what sex you are. The lines of fearful men are invisible to God who loves this world, loves the world, who loves the world.